My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, the story podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 85, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Joshua 18 through 24 and Psalm 128. Joshua 18. The whole assembly of the Israelites gathered at Silo and set up the tent of meeting there. The country was brought under their control, but there was still seven Israelite tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. So Joshua said to the Israelites, How long will we wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? Appoint three men from each tribe. I will send them out to make a survey of the land and to write a description of it according to the inheritance of each. Then they will return to me. You are to divide the land into seven parts. Judah is to remain in its territory on the south and the tribes of Joseph in the territory on the north. After you have written descriptions of the seven parts of the land, bring them here to me and I will cast lots for you in the presence of the Lord our God. The Levites, however, do not get a portion among you because the priestly service of the Lord is their inheritance. And Gad, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh have already received their inheritance on the east side of the Jordan. Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave it to them. As the men started on their way to map out the land, Joshua instructed them, Go and make a survey of the land and write a description of it. Then return to me, and I will cast lots for you here at Silo, in the presence of the Lord. So the men left and went through the land. They wrote its description on a scroll, town by town, in seven parts, and returned to Joshua in the camp of Shiloh. Joshua then cast lots for them in Shiloh in the presence of the Lord, and there he distributed the land to the Israelites according to their tribal divisions. The first lot came up for the tribe of Benjamin, according to its clan. Their allotted territory lay between the tribes of Judah and Joseph. On the north side, their boundary began at the Jordan, past the northern slope of Jericho, and headed west into the hill country, coming out at the wilderness of Beth Aven. From there, it crossed to the south slope of the Luz, that is Bethel, and went down to Atoroth Adar on the hill south of lower Beth Haran. From the hill facing Beth Haran, the boundary turning south along the western side and came out at Kerath Bael, that is Kerath Jerim, a town of the people of Judah. This was the western side. The southern side began at the outskirts of Kerath Jerem on the west, and the boundary came out at the springs of the waters of Nephtah. The boundary went down to the foot of the hill facing the valley Ben, Hinnom, north of the valley of Rifam. It continued down the Hinnom Valley along the southern slope of the Jebusite city, and so to En Rogel. It then curved north, went to En Shemesh, and continued to Galiloth, which faces the pass of Edomim and ran down to the stone of Bohan, son of Reuben. It continued to the northern slope of Beth Arabah and on down into the Arabah. It then went to the north slope of Beth Haglah and came out at the northern bay of the Dead Sea at the mouth of the Jordan in the south. This was the southern boundary. The Jordan formed the boundary on the eastern side. 
These were the boundaries that marked out the inheritance of the clans of Benjamin on all sides. The tribe of Benjamin, according to its clan, had the following towns. Jericho, Beth Haglah, Emek Kaziz, Beth Arabah, Jemaraim, Bethel, Avim, Para, Ophrah, Kephar, Amani, Afni, and Geba, 12 towns and their villages. Gibeon, Ramah, Biroth, Mizpah, Kephirah, Mazah, Rechem, Arapil, Taralah, Zela, Halef, the Jebusite city that is Jerusalem, Geba, and Giri. Kiriath, 14 towns and their villages. This was the inheritance of Benjamin for its clans. The second lot came out for the tribe of Simeon, according to its clans. Their inheritance lay within the territory of Judah. It included Beersheba or Sheba, Malda, Hazar, Shuel, Bala, Azem, Etlad, Bethuel, Harma, Ziklag, Beth, Markabath, Hazar, Susa, Beth, Labayoth, and Sharuahen, 13 towns in their villages. Ain, Rimon, Ether, and Ashan, four towns in their villages. And all the villages around these towns as far as Balath, Be'er, Ramah in the Negev. This was the inheritance of the tribes of the Simeonites according to its clans. The inheritance of the Simeonites was taken from the share of Judah because Judah's portion was more than they needed. So the Simeonites received their inheritance within the territory of Judah. The third lot came up for Zebulun, according to its clans. The boundary of their inheritance went as far as Sarid. Going west, it ran to Maralah, touched Debesheth, and extended to the ravine near Jokneam. It turned east from Sarid toward the sunrise to the territory of Kisloth-Tabar and went on to Debarath and up to Japhia. Then it continued eastward to Gath-Hefer and Eth-Kazin. It came out at Rimeon and turned toward Nea. There, the boundary went around on the north to Hanathan and ended at the valley of Iftael, included were Katah, Nahalalal, Shimron, Adelah, and Bethlehem. There were 12 towns and their villages. These towns and their villages were the inheritance of Zebulun, according to its clan. The fourth lot came out for Issachar, according to its clan. Their territory included Jezreel, Keseloth, Shenem, Hafareim, Shenan, Anaharath, Rabith, Kishion, Abez, Rameth, En, Ganim, and Hada, and Beth, Pazaz. The boundary touched Tebur. Shehazuema and Beth Shemesh, and ended at the Jordan. There were 16 towns in their villages. These towns and their villages were the inheritance of the tribe of Issachar, according to its clan. The fifth lot came out for the tribe of Asher, according to its clan. Their territories included Helkath, Hali, Beten, Askashaf, Alamalek, Amad, Mishal. On the west, the boundary touched Carmel, and Shehorath, Libnath, it then turned east toward Beth Dagon, touched Zebulun and the valley of Iftalael, and went north to Beth Amek and Niel, passing Kabul on the left. It went to Abdon, Rehoab, Haman, and Cana, as far as Greater Sidian. The boundary then turned back towards Ramah, went to the fortified city of Tyre, turned towards Hassah, and came out at the Mediterranean Sea in the region of Akzib, Amua, Afek, and Rehob. 
There were 22 towns and their villages. These towns and their villages were the inheritance of the tribe of Asher, according to its clans. The sixth lot came out for Naphtali, according to its clans. Their boundary went from Haleth and the large tree and Zananim, passing Adami, Zekeb, and Jabneel, to Lakum and ending at the Jordan. The boundary ran west through Asnath Tabor and came out at Hukak. It touched Zebulun on the south, Asher on the west, and the Jordan on the east. The fortified towns were Zedib, Zer, Hamath, Rakath, Kinnereth, Adama, Rama, Hazor, Kadesh, Edria, and Hazor, Iron, Migdal, El, Horem, Beth, Anath, and Beth, Shemesh. There were 19 towns and their villages. These towns and their villages were the inheritance of the tribe of Nephtali, according to its clan. The seventh lot came out for the tribe of Dan, according to its clans. The territory of their inheritance included Zorah, Eshtoel, Ir, Shemesh, Shalabin, Ajalon, Ethlal, Elon, Timnah, Ekron, Eltekeh, Jibathon, Balath, Jehud, Bene Barak, Gath, Ramon, Mejarkan, and Rakan, with the area facing Joppa. When the territory of the Danites was lost to them, they went up and attacked Lashem, took it, put it to the sword, and occupied it. They settled in Lashem and named it Dan after their ancestor. These towns and their villages were the inheritance of the tribe of Dan, according to its clan. When they had finished dividing the land into its allotted portions, the Israelites gave Joshua, son of Nun, an inheritance among them. As the Lord had commanded, they gave him the town he asked for, Timnath Serah, in the hill country of Ephraim. And he built up the town and settled there. These are the territories that Eleazar, the priest, Joshua, son of Nun, and the heads of the tribal clans of Israel assigned by Lot at Shiloh in the presence of the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. And so they finished dividing the land. Then the Lord said to Joshua, tell the Israelites to designate the cities of refuge, as I instructed you through Moses, so that anyone who kills a person accidentally and unintentionally may flee there and find protection from the avenger of blood. When they flee to one of these cities, they are to stand in the entrance of the city gate and state their case before the elders of that city. Then the elders are to admit the fugitive into their city and provide a place to live among them. If the avenger of blood comes in pursuit, the elders must not surrender the fugitive because the fugitive killed their neighbor unintentionally and without malice aforethought. They are to stay in that city until they have stood trial before the assembly and until the death of the high priest who is serving at that time. Then they may go back to their own home in the town from which they fled. So they set apart Kadesh and Galilee in the hill country of Naphtali, Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Kerath Arba, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah. East of the Jordan, on the side from Jericho, they designated Bezer in the wilderness on the plateau in the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth in Gilead in the tribe of Gad, and Golan in Bashan in the tribe of Manasseh. Any of the Israelites or any foreigner residing among them who killed someone accidentally could flee to these designated cities and not be killed by the avenger of blood prior to standing trial before the assembly. Now the families, heads of the Levites, approached Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the heads of the other tribal families of Israel. At Shiloh and Canaan, 
and said to them, The Lord commanded through Moses that you give us towns to live in, with pasture lands for our livestock. So as the Lord had commanded, the Israelites gave the Levites the following towns and pasture lands out of their own inheritance. The first lot came out for the Kohathites, according to their clans. The Levites, who were descendants of Aaron, the priest, were allotted 13 towns from the tribes of Judah, Simeon, and Benjamin. The rest of Kohath's descendants were allotted 10 towns from the clans of the tribes of Ephraim, Dan, and half of Manasseh. The descendants of Gershon were allotted 13 towns from the clans of the tribes of Issachar, Asher, Naphtali, and the half-tribe of Manasseh and Bashan. The descendants of Merari, according to their clans, received 12 towns from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Sebulun. So the Israelites allotted to the Levites these towns and their pasture lands as the Lord had commanded through Moses. From the tribes of Judah and Simeon, they allotted the following towns by name. These towns were assigned to the descendants of Aaron, who were from the Kohathite clans of the Levites, because the first lot fell to them. They gave them Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, with its surrounding pasture lands in the hill country of Judah. Arba was the forefather of Anak, but the fields and villagers, villages around the city they had given to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, as his possession. So to the descendants of Aaron, the priests, they gave Hebron, a city of refuge, for one accused of murder, Libna, Jatir, Ashtimoah, Holon, Debir, Ain, Jetua, and Beth Shemesh tore together with their pasture lands nine towns from these two tribes. And from the tribe of Benjamin, they gave them Gibeon, Geba, Anathah, and Almon together with their pasture lands four towns. The total number of towns for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, came to 13 together with their pasture lands. The rest of the Kohathite clans of the Levites were allotted towns from the tribe of Ephraim. In the hill country of Ephraim, they were given Shechem, a city of refuge for one accused of murder, and Geyser, Kibzaim, and Beth Haran, together with their pasture lands, four towns. Also from the tribe of Dan, they received Elteka, Gibbethon, Ajalon, and Gath Rimon, together with their pasture lands, four towns. From half the tribe of Manasseh, they received Tanakh and Gath Rimon together with their pasture lands, two towns. All these 10 towns in their pasture lands were given to the rest of the Kohathite clans. The Levite clans of the Gershonites were given from the half-tribe of Manasseh, Golan in Bashan, a city of refuge for one accused of murder, and Be'eshterah, together with their pasture lands, two towns. From the tribes of Issachar, Kishion, Deborath, Jarmuth, and En-Ganim, together with their pasture lands, four towns. From the tribe of Asher, Mishal, Abdon, Helkath, and Rehob, together with their pasture lands, four towns. From the tribe of Nephtali, Kadesh, and Galilee, a city of refuge for one accused of murder. Hamoth, Dor, and Kartan, together with their pasture lands, three towns. The total number of towns of the Gershonites' clans came to 13, together with their pasture lands. The Maronite clans, the rest of the Levites, were given from the tribe of Zebulun, Shachnim, Karta, Dimna, and Nahalal, together with their pasture lands, four towns. From the tribe of Reuben, Bezer, Jahaz, Kedemoth, and Mephath together with their pasture lands, four towns. From the tribe of Gad, Ramoth and Gilead, a city of refuge for one accused of murder, Mahanaim, Heshbon, and Jazir, together with their pasture lands, four towns in all. The total number of towns allotted to the Merarite clans, who were the rest of the Levites, came to 12. 
The towns of the Levites in the territory held by the Israelites were 48 in all, together with their pasture lands. Each of these towns had pasture land surrounding it. This was true for all these towns. So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Then Joshua summoned the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh and said to them, You have done all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded, and you have obeyed me in everything I commanded. For a long time now, to this very day, you have not deserted your fellow Israelites, but have carried out the mission the Lord your God gave you. Now that the Lord your God has given them rest as he promised, return to your homes in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But be very careful to keep the commands and the laws that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. To love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, to hold fast to him and to serve him all your, with all your heart and with all your soul. Then Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went to their homes. To the half-tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given land in Bashan, and to the other half of the tribe, Joshua gave land on the west side of the Jordan along with their fellow Israelites. When Joshua sent them home, he blessed them, saying, Return to your homes with your great wealth, with large herds of livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, and iron, and a great quantity of clothing, and divide the plunder from your enemies with your fellow Israelites." So the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh left the Israelites at Shiloh and Canaan to return to Gilead, their own land, which they had acquired in accordance with the command of the Lord through Moses. When they came to Gileath near the Jordan in the land of Canaan, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh built an imposing altar there by the Jordan. And when the Israelites heard that they had built the altar on the border of Canaan at Galiloth near the Jordan on the Israelite side, the whole assembly of Israel gathered at Shiloh to go to war against them. So the Israelites sent Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, to the land of Gilead, to Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. With him, they sent ten of the chief men, one from each of the tribes of Israel, each the head of a family division among the Israelite clans. When they went to Gilead, to Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they said to them, the whole assembly of the Lord says, how could you break faith with God of Israel like this? How could you turn away from the Lord and build yourselves an altar in rebellion against him now? Was not the sin of Peor enough for us? Up to this very day, we have not cleansed ourselves from that sin, even though a plague fell on the community of the Lord. And are you now turning away from the Lord? If you rebel against the Lord today, tomorrow he will be angry with the whole community of Israel. If the land you possess is defiled, come over to the Lord's land where the Lord's tabernacle stands and share the land with us. But do not rebel against the Lord or against us by building an altar for yourselves other than the altar of the Lord our God. When Akan, son of Zerah, was unfaithful in regard to the devoted things, did not wrath come on the whole community of Israel? He was not the only one who died for his sins. Then Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh replied to the heads of the clans of Israel, The mighty one, God the Lord, the mighty one, God, the Lord, he knows. And let Israel know, if this has been in rebellion or disobedience to the Lord, do not spare us this day. If we have built our own altar to turn away from the Lord and to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings or to sacrifice fellowship offerings on it, may the Lord himself call us to account. 
No, we did it for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours, What do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you, you Reubenites and Gadites. You have no share in the Lord, so your descendants might cause ours to stop fearing the Lord. That is why we said, let us get ready and build an altar, but not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. On the contrary, it is to be a witness between us and you and the generations that follow that we will worship the Lord at his sanctuary with our burnt offerings, sacrifices, and fellowship offerings. Then, in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no share in the Lord. And we said, if they ever say this to us or to our descendants, we will answer. Look at the replica of the Lord's altar, which our ancestors built, not for burnt offerings and sacrifices, but as witness between us and you. Far be it from us to rebel against the Lord and turn away from him today by building an altar for burnt offerings, grain offerings, and sacrifices, other than the altar of the Lord our God that stands before his tabernacle. When Phinehas the priest and the leaders of the community, the heads of the clans of the Israelites, heard what Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh had said, they were pleased. And Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, said to Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, Today we know that the Lord is with us, because you have not been unfaithful to the Lord in this matter. Now you have rescued the Israelites from the Lord's hand. Then Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, and leaders returned to Canaan from their meeting with the Reubenites and Gadites and Gilead and reported to the Israelites. They were glad to hear the report and praise God. And they talked no more about going to war against them to dev devastate the country where the Reubenites and the Gadites lived. And the Reubenites and the Gadites gave the altar his name, a witness between us that the Lord is God." Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him through Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob, and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Sear to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand." Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, and Jebusites, but I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, 
which drove them out before you. Also, the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build, and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witness against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are a witness, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. Then he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against you. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people, each to their own inheritance. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of a hundred and ten. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath Serah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. Israel served the Lord through the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. And Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the tract of land that Jacob bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem. This became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. And Eleazar, son of Aaron, died and was buried at Gebeh, which he had been allotted to his son Phinehas in the hill country of Ephraim. Psalm 128. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him, who will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. Sometimes I think it's easy to think of the promised land like so many of us have been taught to think of heaven, like cosmic retirement or the place we can finally just chill and pursue our own interests or be cared for without the responsibility, the privilege of for caring for others. 
On one hand, if you feel like you're tired, perhaps this is a sign that you need to rest. There is, of course, a time and a place to rest. In fact, God built this into the rhythm of our lives. But heaven and the promised land are not a place where we are no longer in purpose or mission. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The promised land, the inheritance, is the beginning and not the end. It's not retirement, but missional purpose coming to fruition. Marty Solomon talks about the fact that it might be easy to focus on conquest and victory when reading Joshua, but he points to the importance of location, the real estate of this chunk of dirt, as he says. Marty discusses its centrality to the ancient world at that time and how historians often call it the crossroads of the earth. Almost everyone would have to go through it to cross to another area of the ancient world, particularly commercial trade. To be in the middle of it all, to have influence, the location of the promised land was it. It was the spot. Marty then reminds me how God promised Abraham that through him and his descendants, God was going to bless all nations. It makes sense that God would want to put a kingdom of priests to put him on display just like God put the Ark of the Covenant in the center of the camp. God wanted his people to be in the middle of it all, to give everyone access and increase the likelihood of exposure and influence. So the 12 sons of Jacob became the 12 tribes of Israel, and they all got a piece of this mission of inheriting the center of the earth, not for self-pleasure or cosmic slash physical retirement from purpose, but it is a recruitment and a sourcing for God's purpose for his people. The place has echoes back to the Garden of Eden. It's to be a special place for a special relationship and a special purpose. Marty Solomon reiterates how geography is critically important to the story. He says that God doesn't want us in a holy huddle in the corner, but he is calling us and providing a place for us in the center of it all to impact and engage culture. God is recruiting his people into the ordering process. Like the last words from Moses, Joshua is reminding the people of Israel to be faithful to the Torah, which leads to life and blessing. Marty Solomon and Brett Billings describe the Torah as missional. In Matthew 5, 13 to 16, Jesus makes a comment. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In the ancient world, the poor stood outside the city and came to the city for welfare. The rulers of cities, in part, built their reputation on their charity. And Jesus is using the knowledge of this to create an image where the followers of Jesus choose to be a people of hope with more than enough to give to the world that is looking to you, to them, as representatives of him and giving shalom and helping to bring order to chaos. In this story in Joshua, God is putting his people on the crossroads of the earth in the middle of the ancient world so the world can look to them his people who represent him and put him on display, who are a kingdom of priests to use their blessing to be a blessing, to use their inheritance because it comes with a mission 
to be a blessing. For example, Dan, which was at one point the second most populated tribe, received a mission to bring shalom to their border, the Philistines, which are chaotic, but they forego this in time and move north, and they're eventually destroyed by their enemy. It says this in Judges and First Kings. They are also described as falling to pretty intense idolatry. When we read the inheritance stories, there were challenges and opportunities for each of them due to their location and the people and geography around them. This was their mission. What's our mission in our spheres of influence and situation? Sometimes I think we focus on the future and what's next, or at least I often do, and I feel God calling me back to the present moment and situational context. How can I represent Him now where I am with the people and the needs that are around me? Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.